happen is man when God says that ye are gods and he had a ruling authority on earth man had perverted what the justice of God let me say man perverted the justice of God and so we have an injustice in the land today we can't attribute that injustice to the church and it's not much the church can do about that injustice in the land God gave his people his laws he picked out a chosen people to be an example, to be a light unto the world. And he gave them his laws, just and right laws. And if they kept those laws, if they kept what God was doing, other people would see it and they would want to follow after it. It would be a light, a beacon. And that's what we should do today, even in this world the way it is today. A lot of Christians preach and uh, teach and talk about Christian nationalism. I think it comes out tomorrow or something. I want to see it streaming or whatever Rob Reiner's film, God in Country. Because we have this other Jesus that has arisen in Babylon here in America, which is Babylon. And the injustice is great. And you have people talking about the Christians, God gave us this and God God's people could take the world, the nation back and America, make America great again. I don't think it ever was a, a, a Christian nation as such. And I think that what God's going to do is he's going to smash all of the governments of the world. As we ended up last time, the only government that will be here will be Jesus' world-ruling government. Every other government is corrupt. Any government that man has to do with is corrupt. It's just like with this nation. Me and my wife's uncle was talking today. Anybody that vote for him of the way the nation has come is like Hillary Clinton said. Those are the deplorables. We shouldn't even be going through this. Whereas people, the character of people has dropped. And you have Christians battling this battle to what should we do or how should we do to take back the America, take this back? Well, God said that he was going to destroy it, that he was, there was going to be an end to the world and that his kingdom was going to come and that we have to realize this is Satan's world, his world system. We can't change this world system. It's like... Uh, Reacher's mother was telling uh, his brother, Reacher's brother on Jack Reacher, you can't solve all the world's problems. It's just some of them, and that's those of the church. That's those of your media, what God has given you. You know, the world is corrupted. It's going to fall. So God looked and he told the prophets about the injustice in the land. It says our courts Living says, our courts oppose the righteous man. Fairness is unknown. Truth falls dead in the streets and justice is outlawed. This is Isaiah 59 and 14. It says, justice is pushed back and righteous behavior stands far away. For truth has fallen in the city and integrity 
integrity cannot enter. Now, this is among God's people. This is Judah he's talking to. This is Jerusalem, the last bastion of God's people because Israel had already went away in captivity. Isaiah is prophesying to God's people. The, the solution to this world's, this present evil world is on the horizon, but it will not come until Jesus Christ is here with us on earth. When his government comes, and as in Daniel, the ten toes of the beast, which is the world system, is crushed by that stone that's hewn out without hands. That's Jesus Christ. That's the divine spirit, the kingdom of God coming here on earth. That's what all of creation is waiting for. Thus, God has willed that we must deal with the corrupt and unjust system that now is looking forward in hope to the relief at Christ's return. So it's a corrupt world, and it's totally corrupt because of the depravity of man. No matter which political party or what entity is in, no matter what nation it is, there's no just nation. God says there's none good, not one. Hosea and Amos prophesied to Israel before it went into captivity. God always warns his people, so there was a warning. But their time was just as our time. Well, a lot of us say it's like the Laodicean period. That the people were very religious. They were wealthy. Prostitution, Hosea 4.11-12, prostitution, wine, and new wine take away the mind and the spiritual understanding. My people consult their lifeless wooden idols, and their diviners' wand gives them oracles. For a spirit of prostitution has led them astray, both morally and spiritually, and they have played the prostitute, withdrawing themselves from their God. Now, crucial key to understanding the application of this to us in both of these books is that the prophecy was to Israel during this time, but what he said to one, he says to all, the same thing fell to Judah. They even did worse. We see what Ezekiel calls them Apollo and Apollaba. He calls them Sodom and Gomorrah. The two sisters, they waxed even worse. And to him that know to do better and do it, uh, even worse calamity should fall upon them, as he told the woman that was caught in adultery. Go forth and sin no more unless a worse thing will fall upon you. Uh, he gave them an overwhelming number of chances to repent, just like the people of Nineveh, when he sent Jonah to preach to him, and Jonah was just like Christians and people are today. They want God to save them or whatever, but they don't want God's mercy to forgive anybody else. He didn't want God. He knew God was a merciful God, and he didn't want God to forgive the Ninevites. A lot of time we in sin, and we're doing a lot of sin. We won't uh, the Democrats of the Republic, the Democrats want the Republicans, the Republicans want the Democrats, the unbelievers want the believers, the believers want the unbelievers. Everybody think everybody else's sin is worse than their sin, that they should be the one that's punished. Uh, they want justice. 
But justice would be that we all would die, right? All of us are worthy of death because all of us have earned the wages of sin. So Jonah was really ticked off when God saved Nineveh because he knew the atrocities that Nineveh would do to Israel if they were saved. It's like the atrocities that Israel is doing to the Palestinians now because of the Hamasities that Hamas doing. But how should we fight or how, sh- how should we stand in the face of injustices in the land? That's the title of it. That's why I say how should we as Christians should we act? Should we get guns and do like Israel and just go blow evil off the map and murder women, children, and everybody else, those that didn't do it, and anybody close around? Divine justice, divine vengeance belongs to God. That's what Satan wants to do is bring you down to his level to kill and be killed. Eye for eye, two for two. You do this to me and I do this to you, but... Jesus came preaching or teaching a different method. He said, run the no evil, don't run the evil for evil and speak evil of no man. He says, pray for your enemies and those that despitefully use you. That was a different approach Jesus gave to his people during his time or whatever, and it's still consistent at this time. Uh, like I say, it was a major world power then, and now it's still one of the major world powers because of the United States primarily because we export or we give them all of the weapons, all of anything that Israel needs because it's, uh, as my son, the youngest son used to love to use the air quotes or whatever, but that they are people of God. Yes. That's what churches do. They do things in the name of God. They say they are Christian and they should be able to do this to you. And people, the first thing out of their mouth is they are Christian. That's the excuse for doing it. But at the same time, the nation was rotten to the core, just like this nation. It's rotten to the core, both politically and spiritually, secular. Any way you want to look at it, it's rotten to the core. That's why it says Babylon. That's why the end time call of God is come out of my of my people, come out of. And if you've fallen in love to any phase of Babylon, you will be pretty upset at the preachers or anybody that talks about any part of the system that you still love because that system is still a part of you. You could be like Lot's like Lot's wife. You could be looking back because part of you still there. That's why you have to deny yourself. Whatever part of you that loves the world or causes you to see it, you have to cut that off. You have to amputate that. Or it's going to cause your whole body to be cast in hell. And social injustice was to order the day throughout the land just as it is today. So maybe as a preacher, maybe as teachers, and maybe as lay people, maybe as just regular, just all of us should find out and ask God to come in and indwell us, save us, and give us of his spirit and guide us and lead us into all truth and be with us in, in prayer and supplication that we can't do anything without him and for him to show us the way. How to act and what to do. These people had a problem, it says, literally with getting drunk. That was 
they were drinking intoxic and being intoxicated like with the Super Bowl and different things today. But we see it, Jeremiah, in, in the rest of the scriptures where God tells the drink of the wine of Babylon, the drink the wine, drink of the cup, that we all have to drink of the cup. The whole world has to drink of the cup. Now, when he's talking about that, he's talking about spiritually. So they were full of ritual holotry within the pagan religion that they had adopted. And that's why we talk about Christian nationalism a lot of time, because this is another Jesus. This is that Jesus that Paul talked about. This is the other Jesus. The characteristics of this Jesus is Antichrist. It's in the place of the other Jesus. Now it comes preaching and teaching and holding up the Bibles, but if we notice Christ said he was going to fight against the church, uh, I don't know. We have to realize that it's going to take some discernment and studying on each and every one of our parts that we have a, a part to play in this drama that's unfolding. You can't just sit and fold your hands and do nothing and say, I'm not in it. You can't remain neutral on a moving train. Jesus says, you either for me or you're against me. But the lesson for us is spiritual. God is saying that at the end time, it's though a, demoni a demonical power seizes the nation and destroys loyalty to God. This spirit of seduction. Perilous times, the times of Jacob's trouble. It's going to be a time to come up on the world that we ask God to save us from, and he's going to keep his people doing that, that great hour of tribulation. We know drugs destroy a person's capacity to think clearly and break down resistance to evil. It inhibits you. They cloud the mind so one becomes morally stupid and incapable of thinking straight. In like manner, so the spiritual drunkenness that result from over imbibing in Babylon. There's a lot of mega churches because he says that the mega churches, the larger churches, he says, gather the tares here to be burned, but gather the wheat over here so the angel is going to do the separating of the people. His messengers shall do the separating, and he's called his people little flock because those that went the Broadway, it's going to be many, he said, go in at the Broadway, but only a remnant saved. Only, only a remnant saved. And it's going to be many of the souls under the altar that may not have received justice in this world, but still trust in the Lord, still trust in Jesus Christ is crying out like in the book of Revelation says, when, how long, Lord, how long before you avenge our deaths to you avenge us to you come back and set this just like God says the blood of Abel cried out to him from the grave it's crying out to God so ultimately God comes in and sets this thing right you may not see it in this life you may not see it uh, your children's children may not see it Hopefully it happens in my time. I'm looking I'm looking for the Lord to return in my time. And I think from the way things going, it may be now. But we are to fight all the way until the end. Yeah. 
through the end, in other words, all the way through that time or whatever. So as you get entangled in Babylon, there's going to be a lot of preaching and teaching, just like as Israel was, thinking they were saved and desiring the day of the Lord. Desiring the day of the Lord. By that I mean it's people, I, I remember I was in a Pentecostal churches and they was talking about the rapture and all that and what's going to happen to the other people. And I'm saying, well, you're not feeling sorry for these people? You're not mourning and sighing because of what's going on in the earth and that some of your people may be left behind? Even though you have a wrong theology, that seems mighty barbaric, archaic, the way you're thinking there. It kind of make, made me think about the religion a whole lot. But he says, those that desire the day of the Lord, you don't know what you're asking for because it's going to be a day of dread for a lot of us. A lot of people that think they were saved, it's going to be in for a rude awakening. That you're going to be way off base. Those could be the ones pleading, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this and didn't I do those things? Because justice, you don't, didn't knew what all justice would entail because your preacher, he preached a lopsided gospel and not the whole message and not suffering and sorrow and he didn't make you see the depravity of man. Yes. He was smiling and telling you you got favor with God and you good people. You know, most of us think we're better than our brothers and sisters. They the evil ones or they the bad ones. Or the people on our job or that prostitute or that person out there that they much worse than we are. You know, I, I told you sometime I watched this movie or this show called Found or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watches it, but the guy that's on there, sir, he, his, the way his mother did him and some of the things and the woman that he captured, he really loved it. Uh, had a, uh, The way he was thinking about her and still thinks about her, he was sick in the mind. So he would get punishment. I don't know if God would get, if it would be mercy or something for him, but he did it out of innocence, but the woman, you know, I, I, I don't know how much more I can tolerate of watching the show because she's worse because she appealed to the masses. A lot of people watch that because they want to see vengeance. She got him tied up and shackled up there. She treats him far worse than he treated her. That's what we look at today. Vengeance, people like Equalizer or this thing Denzel was doing. It's a third equalizer or something out that he has where you take go back and take vengeance on your opponent, you know. Yeah. That's in the place of God, and that's what carries the people to see evil, how you just do evil. Well, the way she mistreats him, it's in her heart. What she's doing is wicked and evil and thing, but she thinks she's a savior to go around saving everybody else. But what when God says, okay, this was his motive for doing it, but your motive was for vengeance and hatred. And she's, she's much more, you know, I just can't stomach her that much, you know. But anyhow, let's, let's go on. It says, please understand the parallel. In Revelation 17 and 2, the world's people are reported as being drunk on the wine of a fornication or spiritual and not a physical drunkenness. This drunkenness is an escape into fantasies of this world's attitudes and conducts. And that's what I say. People get into the television shows and they're making most of the shows an hour long or whatever. The movie's two or three hours long to keep you enthralled in that world and that fantasy and that 
thing, you know, and they make the computer games and technology to take you away from the real world, to take you away from reality, life as it is. And that's what you live for. Those are your idols. They, they was talking about some people live their lives through the stars and everything. That They was following the Taylor Swift romance or whatever. The people live their lives through them. And that's what Twitter is. You follow people that you put your, you know, yourself in their place. In other words, you idolize them. You watch American Idol and all of these things is, but I think the world would be better if we didn't have social media, if we didn't have what people can look at other people and what they're doing. And a lot of people, they do it because they can do a lot of it with anonymity. They could get on, they don't have to face the person, but they could just sit there and type and curse somebody out by, around the world and argue with this person or that, and you don't have to you know, actually face them. It's not reality. But a lot of this deprives people of their understanding and thinking. It's just like killing people in war and everything. As long as we have people in San Diego and different places here in the United States able to sit just like in Israel or whatever, to sit in a bunker, sit in some air-conditioned place or whatever, and use bombs and guns and drones and things like a computer game to kill hundreds of thousands of people, they go lack understanding until, as I seen one Star Trek episode when Kirk took all those weapons away and, and said, let you see the ravages of war. Let you see how this is. It's kind of the feeling a lot of people had during 9-11, see, because we had never been hit with something like that on our soil. See, when it comes home, if if the bombs and the killing were going on here that's going on in Ukraine and Palestine or whatever, I think we would quickly call a halt to it and try to work something out. Yes. See, long as the, the ravages of war is not real, long as these people that's watching TV or whatever, that's their mindset. So that's why we're doing so much murdering and shooting on our streets because we're not living in a real world, and these people that's taking guns and solving their problems by shooting people down and killing these people in there, those are real lives, and there should be consequences to what you're doing or whatever. The seventh commandment, Amos 2 and 4, it says, Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof. Because they have despised the law of the Lord and have not kept his commandments. And their, their lies caused them to err, after which their fathers have walked. But I will send a fire upon Judah, and it shall devour the palace of, of Jerusalem. So he's going to send judgment up into Jerusalem because they're no better than their fathers or whatever. And their lies, their prophets, and their dealings has caused them to err away from God's law what God has showed him. Now he had punished the rest of the nations around them for their transgressions, but doesn't he have to punish his people more because they had his laws. They had yep. spoken with their leader had spoken with God and told them what they should have to do. Rather than when Jonah, God told Jonah, say, well, you want me to destroy these people that don't know this from that. They didn't have God's law. They didn't have the advantage of that, and they were living the lives they were living. But if you have God's law, you know right from wrong. You know all of these things that God says not to do, and you still do it. 
So you're despising, you taking his laws lightly to say you can kill, you can rob, steal. They were stealing from one another. They were taking one another's property. They were misusing one another. They was enforcing slavery. They were oppressing the poor. So God judges the other nations guilty of gross and vicious cruelties in warfare. And he also judges Israel for what they had done. That's one of the reasons he judged Edom is because Edom didn't help their brothers out when they were being pillaged and killed and destroyed. They had developed that mentality, and that's what the world is reinforcing in our minds now. So as I was talking today with her uncle, I was saying, you know, I don't have any friends. He was saying he don't have any friends. How many of us, and I got on that because I heard two or three different preachers here of late talking about, you know, nowadays men don't have many friends because men ain't what they used to be. Some women may have friends or not. You know, you can't speak for the women, but it's hard to find friends nowadays. You may have associates of people you talk to or whatever, but men aren't what they used to be. So Israel's sin, though largely involved national and personal deceit, Disobedient to God's commands and creating social injustice by faithlessness toward fellow man to get for themselves. This guy that's doing the killing Netanyahu or whatever, you know, he had just come from an indictment for stealing and extortion and other things or whatever. And Israel, just like America, we're going, the, the, the person that's vying for president He's on the criminal indictments or whatever, and we've heard of his character. We know of his character. We know of the people that follow him. So we can see the demise of the nation, even if he didn't win, which he may win. I don't doubt that. But the nation is in for a fall because we see that it's utterly corrupt. Utterly corrupt. Uh It is not that other nations do not have these characteristics, but Israel has less excuse to be be this way because God gave them his word. So is the church and so are those people that claim they're Christians. They shall be whipped. They shall be whipped with many more stripes because they know better. So those that's right now, they're camouflaging as Christians. They are hiding under the Christian banner or whatever. But believe me, woe unto that individual, it's going to be worse than it like it was with Judas because you should have known better. You were in the Lord's camp. You knew what the words say. Amos 3 and 2 drives this home. He says, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I, shall, I will punish you for all your iniquities. See, this was iniquity with them. This was the legalization of, legalization of sin. They knew to do better. They knew what God required. As of Michael, as I always quote, he says, you know what's required of you to do good, to do justly, to walk upright, to walk humbly with the Lord your God, and to show mercy. God has given no other people the privilege of being faithfully responsible to him to keep his commandments other than the church. That's who he gave. The church has that responsibility now. 
You remember what happened with David? God pardoned David's sin with Bathsheba, but he says the sword will never leave from your house. So David's children murdered one another, raped one another, pillaged one another. David was never the same man after that episode with Bathsheba. He was never the same man. He had a dysfunctional family. We should each be in prayer and seeking God for ourselves because we're not accountable for our parents' sin. We're not accountable for our children's sin. Each man is accountable for his own sin and to find God for himself. That's why it says save yourself from this untoward generation. Because I don't know your motives for what you're doing. I don't know about your secret sin. A lot of times we think we know our spouse or we know our children or we know our parents. Sometimes we rudely awaken by some of the things that they're capable of or aware of. Amos 5 and 12 to 13 says, For I know your transgressions are many and your sins are great. You who distress the righteous and take bribes and turn away from the poor in the court of the city gates, depriving them of justice. Therefore, he who is prudent and has insight will keep silent at such a time. In other words, it's a corrupt and evil time. For it is an evil time when people will not listen to the truth and will disregard those of good character. Was talking about the Marine Vitman. Somebody's going to have to pay for the blood. They have his blood on their hands. He stood for the truth. He stood as an individual with great character. But that whole last administration speared him and they murdered him spiritually. Therefore, those who, the living say, therefore, those who are wise will not interfere with the Lord in the dread of your, their punishment. Some versions say those who are prudent. Uh, think the King James and Amplified says those who are prudent. And that word prudent, I've given you that word prudent before. Uh, I'll give it to you in just a minute. It's further down here on my note in my notes. But Amos describes injustice in the legal system, and that's what I say. We'll never change this legal system. The president, former president doesn't honor our legal system. He don't believe in the legal system. It may be all right for everybody else, but not him because he's above the law. And that's what his worshipers or followers, those that idolize him, believe that he's above the law. And when a, that's what was happened with Hitler, that he had brainwashed the people, just like it's a lot of people that the preacher believe that they're serving a God. That's why Jim Jones got him to drink the Kool-Aid through charismatic preachers. And that's what happens in a lot of mega churches. They're charismatic preachers. In other words, they seduce a following of people that would do anything for them. It's a lot of people leave churches after that particular preacher's there no longer. They follow preachers and not the word of God. The rich and powerful hired false witnesses just as was done against Jesus in the book of Matthew 26 and 59 through 60 and against Stephen in the book of Acts, the 6th chapter and the 11th verse. And I pull some examples of injustice in the Bible 
And I told you last time, the greatest example of injustice was that what was done to Jesus Christ. God doesn't correct all injustices down here now. Payday is coming, but we're talking about in the next life, in the next world. Job talked about those injustices and those prospering, and sometimes they get away with it, but they get away with it physically, and they take those things to the grave. But as Job says, that he hide him in the grave, but yet he'll stand before God. We all have to stand before God to give account for the deeds done in our body. That's when we start honoring God and fearing God, knowing that every sin and transgression shall receive is just recompense or reward. That if you saying you're a Christian and Jesus died for your sins, if your actions, if you're not continuing in God's word, continuing in Jesus' word and being his disciple, he know that, and that's an unpardonable sin that you hadn't departed from iniquity and that he didn't die for that actual sin because it's not covered because you're not confessing your sin. You're covering or hiding up your sin. You're keeping them in secret. And he goes, he's going to bring all those things that's done in the dark to the light. Whether you were a racist or whether you were a legalist and a hypocrite and whether you were doing these things and you got off with it or you lived this way and God hadn't excused those sins. God hadn't forgiven those sins. The reason Jesus forgave those sins is because God had laid them on him. But remember, he didn't die for the sins of everyone because some he never knew. Even though they do Christian things, and are in churches or whatever, this could be some he never knew. Uh, I don't know if I have time. If I have time and I close, I'll give it. come back and give those examples of injustice in the Bible that I have written down here. Uh, but the poor without the financial ability to hire high-powered lawyers to handle their cases were helpless before the people, and it's just the soul this time and in, in, in this day and time, and that's one of the reasons Louisiana has one of the highest incarceration rates in the nation is because most of the people plead out, they plead the case because we don't have defense attorneys or don't give them public defenders, don't have enough time to defend them. So there's a lot of innocent people in jail. You have small programs like... Um, Project Innocence and all of these things that sometimes get some of the people out that has been falsely accused or whatever. But all of the things done in slavery days or whatever time from the beginning of Adam, as Jesus says, you're going to have to give a count for the death all the way from Zechariah. It was two people that he named, but you're going to have to give a count for all of these things, even though you might have thought you got away with it in this life. You still have to appear to the court above. That's why he says there's watchers watching people. All the deeds that you have done, you're going to have to give account for the deeds done in your body. And those that's done after you name the name of Christ, that's why when we take in communion and he says, if you drink unworthily without examining yourself, whether you be in the faith, whether your actions, whether you're trying to get away from bitterness, he knows whether you're praying to him that you got this bitterness that you can't get rid of or this unforgiveness and all of your defects that you should be 
pleading to him to remove. The sins that you should be remitting back to others that you're holding to yourself. So what effect this have is therefore the prudent keep silent for it's an evil time. And the word prudent indicates anyone who wants to succeed. That's what prudent is. Those that wants to succeed. Those that were in administration that want to succeed. Well, they say, well, I wouldn't want to uh, spoil the prospects with the company. So I don't want to ruin my advancement. So I'm just going to keep quiet. I'm not going to say anything about it. I know the boss doing this. Uh, I'm just going to look the other way. It ain't none of my business anyhow. They have the thing about quit snitching or whatever. But did you know the law of God require witnesses that if you see something, it's your responsibility to tell it? But what blocks that law is, I was telling you last time, that they come back and kill the witnesses, anybody that tell what happened or whatever. So people are fearful of testifying or whatever because the legal system doesn't protect them. So there are more people that's out. The guy that killed the the adult that killed the juvenile the other day that was out had who had, had escaped and he had murdered somebody. He was out on probation. He was he had gotten out in November on probation for burglary or something. And he killed, tried to burglarize this guy, the juvenile who had stole something. He was trying to burglarize him. And he had just been out two or three months for burglarizing. He was committing a burglary then. And that's what the police be on that. Say, well, we keep arresting them, but you be letting them out before we can get them out. Before we put them in, good, the judges let them out. One of the judges lowered the bond of one of the people, they, the, the murderers that was on, he couldn't afford, and he, I don't know how he bonded out on murder, but he couldn't bond out, they lowered the bond. A woman was raped or something in Livingston Parish or whatever, and the judge ruled against her. Uh, Nakamoto had uncovered that story or whatever, but there's a lot of people that you may suffer a career. You have to watch what you're doing. That's why they was telling, I told you what her name, Taraji P. Henson, about complaining about these. The person that tells sometime, or they... They came up with a whistleblower law, but now people are afraid to do that because Chuck Grassley and some of our senators and things, they they are the ones the executive branch supposed to be making the laws and help keeping the laws, and they twarting people for doing that because it's against their man. This person is blowing the whistle on their man. So a corrupt system, it says... Uh, the government was selling weapons, and I think Vitman heard him say, well, I'll send you the weapons and the money, but you have to do something for me first. Well, he heard this. Well, the Bible said, if you hear something, you, you need to tell it. Yeah. And that's why he was lambasted or whatever in the press in any way. If you just, so you say, if I could just keep my eyes shut, the company will pay me and it'll move me ahead. A lot of people get promoted for hiding stuff. For not telling, for keeping things under, they get in cahoots with people. And then the Bible tells us about going in cahoots with a wicked or evil person. 
Though thus those who want to succeed just keep their mouth shut. They stay passive. I didn't see nothing. I'm not there. I ain't involved in this and that. that. Well, you're a partaker. You're a partaker. Now I'm not saying to that. That's why I say you have to have the spirit of God to let you know what to say and who to say to be led by the spirit because sometimes it may be detrimental to you and the spirit may not have that for you to do. That's why I say you can't do it on your own. A lot of people get in trouble because it says, didn't I feed the needed, didn't I cast? No, that was something you wanted to do. It attracted, it gave you pride, it gave you an uplift, and you to receive your reward. That's what you wanted to do, but God hadn't led you to do that. So the evil went on in that society just like it's going on now, and it's no turning around. We were saying that this morning that the older people of the wise people see it's no saving of the world. That Jesus Christ prophecy, those that follow Jesus Christ know that he said that the world was going in, that it would be a new world. He was going to bring in a new heaven and a new earth, a new government, and the world as we know it was going in. But the ones that love the world and the things of the world, they still holding on to it, and they'll fight you. They'll get upset and mad because you against some tenant of the world that they're holding on to some piece of the world that they love. But he says, the love of the world is to be an enemy of God. The love of the things of the world is an enemy of He says, now we use the world, but not abuse the world. The poor could not could only wait quietly for the judgment God of God since they were powerless to appeal to the judgment of men through civil authorities. Today, many people are like that because the system is gone. The criminal justice system is overwritten by crime. We find it in America a very large but timid group called the silent majority. But those are like I was talking about the woman that's on final. You become more wicked because of the injustices that are happening to you. Maybe your spouse mistreated you, your children or your parents something from that time that you still holding against them and they cause you to be the way you is or for your life to be the you still have a grudge. You hadn't remitted those sins back unto them and forgiven them and moved on. You still bitter. So now you were suffering everything because you never allowed the spirit of God to work in you. You never did see the depravity that was in your own self. The reason this happened to you. The reason that that's happening to sir. Sir was saying he know he was depraved. When a person started to realize, yeah, I'm depraved. I was depraved. See, when you realize that you messed up. See, that's the ones Zacchaeus says, if I've stolen anything, I'll repay it because you realize you hadn't lived the best of lives. You realize, Paul said he was the chief of sons. But if you notice that the people, most of the people that in churches that that's going to happen to, they think they were better than everybody else. They think they were better than their spouses, their children, their parents, or whoever. They don't think their sins is that bad, that God shouldn't, 
They think they are, they're right with God. They, they're not trying to get themselves right with God, and they never pray because they can't see the mirror of God, though they sit in church and they go back and tell them, you should have heard her sermon today. The preacher showed what's getting you or somebody else or whatever, but it didn't. they don't go back and say, you know, that hit cut me to the heart. You know, it showed me just like I was and who I am. It has no effect. It, it doesn't give them a broken and a contrite heart. Amos says that the people went to Bethany, Bethel bearing abundant rebellions on their consciences, but they returned with them still there. Yes. They hadn't changed. You went to church and you still the same way you went there. You didn't go looking for a better betterment. You wasn't convicted. You came back the same better evil person you was and you just go get worse. Outwardly they sinned because inwardly was a heart of rebellion. There, there was not any real concern about the rebellion in them. They was worried about the rebellion in society. Stop trying to get society right. You're on a, a fool's errand. You're not going to get society right because it's Satan's world. Satan is the God of this world. God's going to come in with his kingdom. That's what we're praying, that his kingdom come. So that's where you hope. That's where everything lied, not in this world. That's why he told the rich young ruler to sell all that you have. But as long as you have something anchoring you and holding you to this world, until you throw that away. How many times have you seen these movies where people, a group of people is trying to escape and everybody's going along in the group, something bites somebody or somebody has something and everybody's trying desperate to get away, whatever. But you don't say, man, something bit me. I got this thing here, you know, uh, help me with this. That thing is growing in you and it's going to ultimately kill you because you won't tell nobody, man, I've been bit. I have this thing here. Aiken had the, as you just read, he had the bounty. He had hid the band stuff. Well, if it's banned stuff hiding in the church, if it didn't bit you, if sin has you, is there a blemish on you, God's going to find Because he's going to come back for a church without a spot or blemish. He wouldn't be God. He's not going to let sin in the earth, the new earth. He's not going to allow it. So why would you be praying for something that you realize that I can't hold on to this because I'm praying Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sin in heaven. And it won't be any sin on any earth. Everybody that's in a position of leadership, and that's why the church is in preparation for that role, because the church is going to be without a spot and wrinkle. You could be able to trust your preachers. You could be able to trust the priesthood because there's none going to be, because they're going to be tested in the trial of fire by God. See, if God says everybody, your brother and sister, you trust God, you believe God, because he's done proved them all. The confidence is in God. A person who is really seeking God is so concerned about having God's approval that they will pay any price and any sacrifice necessary to stop sinning and thus have his approval. These people did not care. They didn't sacrifice. They didn't cut the things loose. Todd Graves, I don't know if a lot of y'all know Todd Graves or not or whatever, but he's one that paid the ult- was paying the ultimate price. Louisiana's chopping his district up, saying making a minority black district 
but they did it all wrongly because it's for a vendetta. He had a a meeting with, and I'm trying to think of the name of this group that he spoke of the other day, and he was saying his own party is corrupt and the evil and that the damage was inside because they came after him because he didn't promote Steve Scalise or Landry or whatever and all of these people or whatever. And so they're after him. Anybody that, like I say, if you, Putin says that you hold a peace, but God, a true Christian's not going to hold his peace. So he's standing there and I have some examples of some injustices here that are doing, and I hope you can get his speech to hear what he was saying or whatever. But there are a lot of political figures that come forward, and there's a lot of secular people that God's going to bring into the church. They are fighting, and that's why I say we have to learn what injustices is. It's just not murdering or killing someone. Listen to this. It says, ending environmental and climate injustice. Let us heed our call to stand with the victim of environmental and climate injustice and to put an end to senseless war against creation, he emphasized, because God had gave dominion to man. and He had put man in charge of the earth. So if he gave us dominion and authority and gave us the earth to rule and he told Adam the tend the garden, to keep the garden. They're polluting the earth. And in the book of Revelations, it says, the nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants and the prophets and your people who revere your name, both small and great, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. There are those that destroy the earth for money, for capital gains. That's why a lot of the climate change is taking place. Here's another one the Pope spoke on, oil and gas and greed. Pope Francis specifically identified the utilization of polluting energy sources like oil and gas as the primary catalyst to our climate issues, attributing greed as the driving force behind these destructive fuel choices. For oil and gas, that is money. Now, just think of the dividends, the stock market, and the people with wealth that follow fossil fuels and coal and all of these things that destroying the earth because that's an injustice. God had given you dominion. So in that area, so now you can chase the abortionists and all of these people. Yeah, they may be doing wrong. I don't know their motivation and what's driving them. But until we learn, God has to judge them. But I'm not on a picket line and blowing up some abortion clinic, all this. That's God's dealing there. God has to deal with that. But you over here making dividends and payments, it says, this is another source. Uh, David McNew from Getty Instruments says, detrimental impact to the environment. The unrestrained burning of fossil fuels and the destruction of forests are pushing temperatures higher and leading to massive droughts. He stated, underscoring how water shortages are impacting rural areas and metropolises alike. Over in the in Brazil in the Amazon forest, Amazon rainforest and everything, do you know they're burning sections of that foresting and deforesting it or whatever? 
I don't know if you watch a lot of the nature shows and things that's going on about a lot of the areas that's being defrosted. In other words, the trees and all the forests are being taken away. You're building houses, concrete cities, and all of these things. You're not making or uh, utilizing the earth properly. And God had given us dominion to manage the earth, yes. to creation. A lot of the animals that we're destroying, there's a picture President Obama narrates on Netflix about, what's the name of the picture? The wild or something. But it's about these things in the different... Uh, national parks. Our national parks or something. But a lot of these areas around the world in nature, God give us nature and a lot of things to enjoy. And he put the animals here for us to manage the animals and things. That was a sacrifice. That was one of the things that he had to slay an animal to give us clothing. If it wasn't for our sin, he wouldn't have had to kill an animal. And that's why he typified Jesus as the Lamb of God that was slain for our sin. Yes. To provide a covering for us. Uh, there are predatory Industries. Furthermore, he drew attention to predatory industries and depleting and polluting our freshwater sources through extreme practices such as fracking for oil and gas extraction, unchecked mega mining and projects, and intensive animal farming. So, in Dubai, his the responsibility of politicians. His directive to politicians was even more explicit. The world leaders who were gathered for the COP28 summit in Dubai next must listen to science and institute a rapid, equitable transition to end the era of fossil fuel. Uh, Edward Gibbons, the historian who authored the decline of the Roman Empire, says about, says about more modern times, Political corruption is the most infallible symptom of constitutional liberty. He means that if a country has a constitution that guarantees freedom to obey, there's also freedom to disobey. He implies that people, regardless of their office, selfishly disobey. This is exactly what we are experiencing in this nation today. With January 6th, the insurrection, with the disobedience that's being taught through Christian nationalism. So they're like, they want to be the Pharisees to run the world. But it doesn't seem like Jesus was trying to establish the Pharisees to be the ones to rule the world. Or does it seem like that was his major thorn in the flesh? Those are the ones that was after killing Jesus. The Pharisees, and he says, listen at what the Pharisees saying, but don't do as they do. They were hypocrites. There are a lot of people that's preaching things, but it's a lot of people so fearful of their pastors, if they were about to have their lights turned off, they wouldn't ask the church for money because they would fear the church would say, you have a lack of faith, the reason you don't have money. The very church that they pay tithes and offerings or go to. They're not open with one another, honest with one another. And God says, lie not to one another. 
There's no fellowship. They used to have homecomings and fellowship where everybody knew one another and they would pull together to help one another like the first church. But now we don't know each other in the churches. We even have relatives in, in the church that we hadn't spoken to or seen in months. We may see them across the church or something. The churches are so large now. But uh, for the citizenry, for the citizenry to obey a nation's constitution, it is required to believe firmly in it and be disciplined in character. If the nation's people do not have these qualities, some will certainly be corrupt and disobey. This is exactly what the founders of America, of the American Republic feared. John Adams, the foremost founder of this nation, wrote, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate of the government of any other. So what do you think we have if we have a false religion, a false morally people? In other words, you have authoritarianism. You have a pharisaical system. And so tolerating injustice, and I don't have enough time to go. That's why I said I don't know if I was going to have enough time to finish this because it goes on to talk about Solomon. And Solomon talks, if you want to look at this, I, I put it in your notes, and I'm going to have to discuss this. I save this to discuss later on. Ecclesiastes 4, 1 to 23. It says, then I look again and consider all of the acts of oppression that were being practiced under the sun, and behold, I saw the tears of the oppressed, and they had no one to comfort them, and on the side of the oppressors was power, but they had no one to comfort them. So I congratulated and thought more fortunate are those who are already dead than those who are living still. But better off than either of them is the one who not yet had been born. Who has not seen the evil deeds that are done under the sun? I have seen that every effort in labor and skill work and work that comes from man's robbery is his neighbor. This is too this too is vanity, futility, false pride, and chasing after the wind. The fool folds his hands together and consumes his own flesh, destroying himself by idleness. And that's what I wanted to go through, that Solomon marveled at the injustice occurring around and in the world. And it says it's in the courts where it shouldn't be. It's in the churches where it shouldn't be. That's what Isaiah says. He looked for truth and justice. If you can't find truth in the church, if you can't find truth in the halls of justice, you have a problem. Truth lies dead in the church streets. The prudent keep silence because it's a time of evil and you don't know who you can trust. You don't know how to keep your family. And if you say something, it's the government that may come against you. It's the church that may destroy you. So I'll do that part another time. I'll save that. I'll give it to you if you want to study it. But I'm going to end this on chapter 11. But in this time where there's injustice in the land, you have to be prudent to be successful because you can't eradicate the evil as Israel is trying to do from the earth, from the land. Jesus left it here for a purpose.
He left Satan here for a purpose. And that purpose won't be achieved until Jesus comes back. Heavenly Father, as